for all of you that are out there partaking of my 100,000-watt combat radio signal. I bid you greetings. I'm coming to you live from the Upstate Warrior Solutions facility. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You can get the uh, podcast on the free Odyssey app. It don't cost nothing. I'm joined now by Charlie Hall. He is the uh, president of the Upstate Warrior Solution. How are you doing, sir? Hey, good. Good to have you on. Good, good to be on today. Bro. Yeah. So <laughs> you have uh, so running this with as many moving parts as you have. What is your mission overall? How how do you take all of those moving parts and actually bring them in and 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 meld them into what you do? Yeah, so uh, veterans have a lot of resources here in the community, but often those resources are very um, disparate. They're on different parts of town. Some are government, some are nonprofit. Uh, so our job is really to try to bring all those together. So for the last 10 years, we've been providing social work services to veterans to say, hey, you need a job, go talk to them. Hey, you need connection with the VA healthcare system. Let's cut through the red tape to get you there. So. Really, this building is an embodiment of that. Uh, we opened six months ago, and uh, the Rupert Hughes Veterans Center is really the embodiment of bringing everybody together in a one-stop shop to service veterans. And we refer to this as the Roop, eh? Yeah, the Roop. That's it's right. out here on 770 Pelham Road. Um, now, some of the services that you provide, were they even actually in existence before you guys came about? Like, you have a, you have one service where it's like a veterans Uber or something to take people back and forth to their appointments. You, you've got you've got services to help people repair their credit. You've got services to get them home loan. You've got you know you have partnerships with various various places around here. Did that even exist prior to this uh, Upstate War? Yeah. Solutions? So before the building, um, I'd say probably. 75% of those existed, but it was, again, they were kind of buried out in the community. They were unknown. Yeah, they were unknown. Yeah. So we basically helped bring those more to the surface to say, hey, veterans, we know how to get you connected to these, so let's walk along beside you uh, to help get you connected to mental health, to get you connected to a credit repair, get you connected to a VA lender. Um, and then we're, we're really trying over the next few years to bring all those folks into this building so they're physically here together. The variance of the things that you guys cover, like you have guys here to help veterans that have had run-ins with the law. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I think we're going to hear from the sheriff later today. He's a good <laughs> friend of ours. Uh, he's already been harassing me today about yeah. Sheriff Hobart. He's yeah. in there. But um, yeah, so unfortunately, uh, like all Americans, uh, folks get in trouble. Folks make bad decisions. Um, sometimes our veterans. Um, um, make those choices based on their experiences in combat and some residual issues from that. But often, um, you know, veterans are just young people that are trying to, like, get life going. So life happens. Veterans get arrested for DUIs, domestic violence, other issues like that. They end up in the criminal justice system. And there's usually a need beneath the need. There's usually some complex reasons for that. So we're actually going into the criminal justice system, into detention centers um, from our relationship with sheriffs up across the upstate, but particularly here in Greenville County, to go and do a face-to-face -face with those veterans uh, to say, hey, time out, you're here, let's talk about life. What's going on behind the scenes? You know, how are your relationships? Are you connected to the VA? What's going on at work? And we're able to kind of peel the onion back and figure out kind of the need beneath the need and w why that's uh, resulting in their 
in their arrest. Now, when when I got out of the military, I got out of the military in 1990, and the first thing I did was I looked into getting in the VA. And in 1990, uh, it was it seemed daunting. And you have specialists like Serge, and I, I refer to him as Serge because I saw Beverly Hills Cop when it was a new movie, children. Um, I refer to him as Serge, and Serge will get you, he, he actually walks you through the red tape and gets you in, installed and enrolled and onboarded and everything. It makes it pretty easy for you. Yeah, so Serge is, Serge is one of our, our advocates here, and he's lived it, so we like to have our advocates be folks that have lived that themselves. Right. So, They've experiences the challenges of the system, so they're in a, they're able to now say, "Hey, Bill, rather than you going through that adventure yourself of getting to roll the VA, let me help you. Let's cut through the red tape. Let's actually skip three layers and go directly to that social worker at the clinic who can help expedite that." So. That's what our folks out in the field are doing every day. I didn't have a DD-214, and he said he would help me get a DD-214. So we filed it, and the first time he came back, and said, we don't know who this guy is. Yeah. And he called me up, and I sa he said, well, what did you put on there? And I told him, he said, ah, next day I had a DD-214. Uh, so he probably thought you were like a stolen Valor guy initially, right? Well, I hope not. I'd already been here on the premises. That we, we were Everything was already in motion by that time. If We, we were going to at least have to see that through if that's what the case was. So. But, no, that, that didn't work out to be that way. Thankfully, I'm not a stolen Valor person. <laughs> As you go forward now, right now you you are trying to service like a nine-county-sized area? That's right. Yeah, so um, we um, started 10 years ago saying, hey, we've got really an upstate mission. Right. Um, so uh, here we are. We've got majority of our folks here in the Roop uh, as part of our Greenville County operation, but we also have team members that are in Anderson, uh, Easley and Spartanburg. Um, currently, we don't have uh, folks down in the Greenwood area, but that's something we'd like to change over the next few years. Um, and we have a very uh, close partnership with the State Department of Veterans Affairs uh, and their operators out in the community. So it's very much a public-private partnership to cover the upstate. Now, I can't, I cannot, uh, I can't quote this text, but like here's a texter that had a problem with the VA. If you have somebody that's onboarded at UWS and they come to you and say, I, I went to the VA and I'm having a problem getting them to do something for me at the VA, can you guys sort of wade through that and try to cut through all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So um, re regardless of what it is, whether it's I need to get to a mental health counselor or I'm trying to file my disability claim or what I'm doing, my kid's using my GI Bill at Clemson and I'm having to personally advocate for him to get that whole system to work so that the VA is paying for his college. Right. So we're doing that kind of stuff on a daily basis, kind of wade through those waters. Um, there's, there's great folks that work at the VA, but they're often buried in the bureaucracy. Right. And we're just trying to help identify them so we can right. get through that red tape. Now, one thing that I've heard, uh, and this is from the tactical community because we uh, – Corey, I'm being told if we could cut up his mic, cut, uh, turn the mic up, that'd be good. Uh, I've heard within the tactical community that uh, this is the biggest corridor with the most retired veterans in it. Southeast? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, dense. Th there's um, quite a density between uh, really Raleigh and Atlanta. It's kind of this Charlanta 85 corridor. There's a lot of folks that are moving to this area. Part of it is you got places like Bragg and Shaw, Joint Base Charleston that are in this area, and right. folks see the economic opportunity um, along that corridor. So Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, we're right in the middle of that. Um, obviously, we're a booming community. 
Uh, so you've got a lot of veterans that are moving here to be three hours from the beach, an hour from the mountains. Um, you know, great, you know, t tax benefits here. So we're seeing a lot of retirees, 20-year retirees that are still young. They're usually 40 years old that are moving here to kind of start the second chapter of their life. Right. Well, second, some of these guys, they get out of the military at like 40. They still got a lot of time left to go, don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. We, we love hiring those folks. They usually have uh, a lot of maturity. They've got, you know, a pension. They've got health care. So they're really good uh, operational folks for us. And then um, we're also serving uh, first responders now as well. Right. So we're seeing a lot of those. Um, whether they're coming out of law enforcement, fire, EMS, highway patrol, we're seeing those folks that are maybe saying, hey, I'm now in my mid-40s. It was a great start, but, like, what am I going to do for the next chapter of my life? Um, so that's been uh, a big part of our work now. Is well, I mean, like, for the, for, the, for the active law enforcement officers, they have, they have a different set of stressors working on them on a daily basis that a soldier mm -hmm. might have unless the soldier's in active combat. And, I mean, for the guys running it, we're going to talk to Sheriff Hobart, and we're going to talk to Chief Howie in just a minute, and, for them running it, um, it'd probably be good for them to have a additional resource to point them in the direction of. But we'll find out about that in just a second. But yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I've never partaken in any of my veterans' benefits until I started getting on board it here. And now, if I would just do what Serge wanted me to do, we might be able to move on to the next thing, the the next part of it. But we'll see how it goes. But I'm very pleased that you got. I, I was at an American Legion event this week. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, they don't know you're here. They did not know you were here. Yeah, I mean, so we've got a lot of uh, veterans organizations around town that we're still trying to get to, the DAV, American Legion, Military, or the Purple Heart. Um, we've we've been trying to get to know those groups over the years, but there's a lot of them. Yep. Um, but we want them to see this place as a home for them. Right. So we're um, actually working with a few of those veteran service organizations to kind of help breathe some new life into them here at the Roop. Um, so we're, um, we've actually got the DAV on site now. They've got offices here, and they're doing claims. So, yeah, we need, we need the community to spread the word that we're here and that we're doing this great work for our veterans uh, and now first responders well, as well. Well, that's what we're trying to do here. That's what we are going to do with this. We're going to uh, spread the word because I had a first sergeant. He brought me up a little bit, and uh, as I was headed out the door, he asked me not to forget him. And uh, there was about a 30-year stint. Now I get to do something about it. So thank you very much for what you do. Thank you for joining us. Charlie Hall, he is the president of Upstate Warrior Solution. Thanks, Bill. We'll, uh, we'll get Serge on that, uh, Serge. On that paperwork. Yes, sir. Coming up next, we got Teresa, or as I call her, LT, Teresa Thompson. She is the, uh, let's see, she's the chief operating officer, but I just call her LT. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. All right, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. The podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. And when I say free, I do mean free. I am live at the Upstate Warrior Solutions facility, and joining me now is LT, Teresa Thompson. She's the Chief Operating Officer. What? Now, you were in the military. Was not. You were not in the military. You were in law enforcement. I was. And you became a lieutenant in law enforcement. I did. Yeah. 
proudly served at Greenville City Police Department for, for almost 17 years. For Chief Howie? Uh, not for Chief Howie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got some questions for you, Chief, when you get up here. You guys are next. Anyway, let's talk to you. Let's talk to you, Teresa. So you have people coming in. Do you have some veterans coming in in bad shape from time to time? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely, we do. Now, do you have – are you guys able to make that pivot and – and, what, and I would imagine, like, there's going to have to be a difference between a veteran and law enforcement, especially, with, like, if the law enforcement officers are active duty. I sure, mean, we sure. Got, what, what, is, what is the incidence right now of uh, suicide among law enforcement officers? Is higher than it should be. Well, if we captured it correctly, yeah. we would know the true numbers, but we don't really capture it correctly. But, I mean, when, it's usually uh, about 200 a year. When uh, Richland County Sheriff's Deputy committed suicide, everybody knew about this. It rippled throughout the entire law enforcement. Sure, sure. Because most of these guys are young fellas. I think where we miss the boat is people like me who have left yeah. and nobody knows that I served. Right. And so nobody's going to capture that data. If I die by suicide, nobody's going to say, uh, maybe that could be tied to her law enforcement experience. So that's, right. that's a huge gap, not just in the state of South Carolina, but really across the nation. So when these guys come to you in, uh, when they come to you in really bad shape, one thing that, uh, especially with the people with the suicidal thoughts, I checked with uh, I had my first producer in radio, killed himself. And uh, that bothered me a great deal. So I, uh, I I talked to a psychologist about it. And this is where you guys probably have the hard time. With, if you do get a hold of somebody and you catch them in this act, this is really the first moment of peace that they've had in their torment when they decide to take this step. How do you guys overcome that? Yeah, what, what kind of forces do you bring to this? So it's different for veterans than it is for first responders. Right. So for veterans, we have a robust network in the community, to include the VA, who's been a very good partner of ours. But we have a lot of resources that we can refer those veterans to. For first responders, uh, that decreases uh, a lot for first responders. So we have to find community resources to help them. Right. Uh, we do rely a lot on peer support. Uh, peer support's a common thing in military, but it's also a common thing in law enforcement. Right. And studies have shown if you can get somebody after a critical incident to immediately recall and talk about the incident uh, prior to their first sleep, it makes a lot of difference in their in their recovery. So you guys are on that. But the other thing you do is, uh, and Mr. Hall referenced this, like say with the VA, a lot of veterans have problems with the VA. So with the VA, if, if, they, if, if they're onboarded here at UWS, a veteran can come to you and say, I, I'm having an issue, and I've got these thoughts, and nobody will talk to me, and as I, I don't have this form or something. And you guys can, t if they're onboarded with you, you guys can actually sort of coach them through it, walk them through it, can you? Absolutely, whether they're onboarded or not. Right. We we want to be that that connection point for them. We do have direct connection points at all the local clinics, and so we can get in the door a little bit quicker uh, because we work with them so frequently. Right. With the first responders, uh, are you guys going to expand what you do with them? Are you trying Absolutely. to expand that? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we just held a uh, training class a couple weeks ago, and right. we had 35 first responders from 14 agencies across the upstate attend. And that even included coroners who, by the way, often get left out. I mean, we were talking about who we were going to invite, and we had all the regulars, the police department, the fire, um, EMS. And we said, what about coroners? Every time they go to a call, somebody is dead. Right. Somebody is, right. or they're not going to respond. Right. And they often get left out. Our, our partners at SLED, they often get left out. All these people are dealing with really, really, really difficult things. Every single shift, 
every single week of every single year. What happens when you have a young fellow that goes through the military, joins at 18, gets out at 38, then he works for law enforcement? Uh, do they have a whole different set of criteria that you've got to deal with at that point when they, when they sort of meld those two careers together? Yeah, absolutely, because you have war, and we all know what happens in war, especially for those who are on the front lines. Right. And then when they come back, it's not war here in Greenville. But I think it sometimes feels like it. When you have some of the population who is not as supportive, they don't understand, they don't seek to understand. Uh, there's a lot of second-guessing, criticizing. Uh, there's a lot of that that goes on, and that weighs heavily on people. When, when they know what they're doing is right because they're protecting and serving, right. and then they're often criticized or second-guessed by people who really don't understand the job. And I'm telling you, these local police departments, want you to understand. They offer things like citizens academies. They want you to come right along. They want you to better understand so that you can partner with them. I, you know, I, I, uh, I support law enforcement. When I, when, after I had my heart attack, the guy who, I, I had a disconnect between my hands and my brain and I couldn't shoot anymore. And a, a sheriff's deputy out of uh, Pickens County pulled me over and said, he took me to their, to their range and said, I will help you. And he got me, got me back in my mojo and everything. And, he didn't have to do that. And, I mean, he heard about the problem, and he, he stepped up and he did it. So, uh, you know, I back law enforcement. I support them. I think where you don't have it, you have chaos. But I don't, I don't think most people quite understand that. They don't quite understand, especially with veterans. When veterans are walking around, veterans have a skill set. They've been trained to do something in a very short period of time. They've been stuck somewhere. They've seen things nobody wants to see. They've had to do things nobody wants to do. And then when they get done with their service, they're out next day. Congratulations, you're a civilian. Thanks for your service. That's, I mean, can you guys depressurize them a little bit with that? So the first thing is to help them find purpose, Ian. Right. That's huge. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if, if you served in any capacity. Every human being walking the planet Earth needs purpose. Yep. They have to have something they're involved in that matters, that means something to them and others. And so that's one of the first things we do is try to get them back involved. You can have purpose working at BMW. You just have to reframe that sometimes. You have to tell them what that looks like sometimes and show them how they can help their fellow coworker. That would take a lot of reframing for me. <laughs> when, when, I, when I got out of the military, I thought I wanted to be solitary, so I went into the beer business. And I, I went from being in the 101st Airborne Division and 311th Military Intelligence Battalion and three days later, I was out there going, yeah, there's 15 cases of Miller Lite up here. So I, I, I had to sort of take that purpose and figure out how to reframe that. But I agree with you on that one. You do have to find that one. But sometimes that's hard for some people to do it by themselves. Well, if you think about whether you're in the military or you're a police officer. Right. Yesterday, you were saving lives. You were somebody yep. to a lot of people. And then the very next day, you sometimes feel like, well, who am I if I'm not the person? And I always say that gets to respond to crisis because for me, it was a privilege. I get to be the person that runs in that building to help people. It was always a privilege. Right. And it's always a privilege to these men and women who are ser serving every day. We as a community just need to do our part on the back end. Well, it's a call, isn't it? You get the call. to You, you feel it. You hear it. Not everybody does that. What is the percentage? Is it 1% of the total population has served in the military? Yeah, it's low. It's it, low. Yeah. So I'm and I'm, and, and when they get yeah. out there and they talk about the elite and all this other stuff, just a, mere, a, a cook in the military is an elite person. I will United say, States. though, 
I always call it the great state of South Carolina. I always say the free state of Florida and the great state of South Carolina. We've got police officers, and I think these, these two gentlemen that are coming up next can attest to that, but we've got police officers who are leaving states like California, who are leaving states to come to the great state of South Carolina to serve. Well, that's because they, they, they're supported here. Yeah. They're supported yeah. by the community. They're supported by the chain of command. They're supported by the government. So why wouldn't they? They should right, be. Right, right. LT, I'm sure you and I are going to talk more than once in the coming days and weeks and months because we brought all this stuff here, and I don't know if they want to pull it out. They may just want to leave it here for the next time. So thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Teresa Thompson, she is the Chief Operating Officer of Upstate Warrior Solutions. Coming up next, I get Chief Howie Thompson and Sheriff Hobart Lewis up here. You are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, now this is a very special segment for you coming from the Upstate Warrior Solutions Facility. Or as we're going to call it, they, they titled it the, 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 the Howie and Hobart Show. Joining me uh, now is Sheriff Hobart Lewis and Chief Howard Thompson. How are you guys doing? Great. Good to be Good. with you, Bill. Good. So, Chief, you are uh, – so what is your status right now? You're not retired. You were going to retire, but you're not retired. And He's semi-retired. Semi-retired. Yeah, he doesn't do anything anyway, but he is – He's still in uniform, so we're stuck with him for a little while. How many people? The sheriff couldn't before? survive without me, so I had to stay. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to presume that, uh, that this this is the only you two are the only can only ones that can have this conversation with each other <laughs> in, in, in yeah. the city and county rail. Is that right? I'd say so. so. When, when you decided to partner up with Upstate Warrior Solutions, what were you seeking to do? Because your officers, your deputies, most of the time they're operating by themselves. They probably, if they're on an eight-hour shift, it's probably seven and a half hours of boredom and 30 minutes of pure terror. A very unique job to have, and it brings a unique skill set because they got it when when they're first on the scene. They got to be a psychologist. They got to be an investigator. Sometimes they got to, you know, they got to bring lethal force with them. How do you guys deal with that? How do you guys manage that with your with your young people? Well, I think, I mean, for us, it's a no-brainer to partner with upstate warrior for all the work they do uh, we have in today's world so many men and women that we hire uh, whether they're reserves and maybe been activated several years ago and come back into law enforcement and there is a big difference between the two but uh, the people we're recruiting have been in combat at some point during the last 20 years it's not like you know they just served in the military and went to college and used the gi bill and done those things they're coming back with some trauma Right. Uh, it's very, very difficult. So uh, at the sheriff's office, Major Ty Miller started our wellness program back in 2018. She had a vision for that, uh, which has grown into something tremendous for us at the sheriff's office, but also using these resources that are available here uh, for our veterans that are outside our purview. They can contact the VA. They can get their duty 214 and look through it and know what resources are out there to help them. And they don't feel like they're talking to their boss. They're talking to somebody that has served, somebody mutual suffering somehow, uh, no matter what branch of the military they were in. So this is a great resource for us, and uh, it's really invaluable. So I don't, I don't think there was ever a question of joining forces, if you will. 
Chief, with the uh, with the downtown area and everything, have you had to bolster your manpower? You, are, are you guys at full strength? You guys got the full complement? Uh, we're down just a few. We just added uh, the city council and mayor supported us and gave us 10 more officer positions. And then I just got a grant for six more SROs. So we've added 16 here recently. Uh, haven't got those positions filled yet, but that'll move our manpower up to 228 officers sworn. And so looking forward to adding some people. Uh, just swore in a Army veteran this morning, came to us from uh, North Las Vegas Police Department. Right. Uh, he's our third one from, from that area, and so we're, we're glad to recruit and, and get people in here to Greenville from, from other areas with that experience. You guys have sort of a very unique relationship with the community because not only do you have to administrate to people that are out there on the line, that you, you, they're going places and seeing things that are unimaginable. You also have to deal with politicians and try to get the funding in order to equip them properly. And in today's world, in, in a city like Greenville, I would think that that would be sort of a, you, you guys have to take a big world view with this, while at the same time, while, while, you're, while you're planning on this big, oh my gosh, event, you've also got to make sure that your guy that you got with trauma, that just got you know, a military veteran, he doesn't have something manifesting and bubbling to the top while he's on duty, right? That's something you guys got to keep an eye out on. So you're always, are you ever switched off? Do you ever get to switch off? Not uh, not in my three and a half years of being the sheriff. Before that, being a deputy, obviously, you do have days off sure. and get to do that. But, um, you know, your cell phone rings a lot. And it's, um, you know, it's an honor, to be honest, to, to be in this position and get to do this and get to work with Chief Thompson and his folks. And we certainly wouldn't be as successful as we are now at the sheriff's office without the assistance in the relationship we have at Greenville City, aside from the relationship I have with him personally, has nothing to do with this. Um, but working with him on a professional level, uh, now we love him very much, and uh, and and our groups have both worked together now to help strengthen what they see out in the community, and I think it's helped us uh, to let some of the our house members know what we do need right. and county council members what we need right. because we do compete with each other on equipment and recruiting and all those things. So when we get something good, it helps them get it or vice versa uh, because people see the need. And it, it's hard to explain that to somebody who's never ridden in a patrol car for 12 hours and never had to do CPR on a three-year-old. Uh, they just don't understand. They may read it in the paper, but they don't understand the need, especially when you talk about wellness and some of those things. So – I, I, I went, went with procurement. I don't think some people understand this. You, like you guys have to do things like go out and find a, a, a vest, a protective level vest that they can ride in all day, hold all of their equipment, and they can get in a fist fight in and move around. Right. And that those don't come cheap. Not everybody makes them. You can't make them everywhere. And you've got to find one that works. It's got to be tested. you guys got to see if it fits with your department. It's always an ever – I mean – and do, do we have any armor in Greenville County? We have any armor with the city? Yeah. We got we got our armored person. Yeah. I know we have aircraft. Yeah. So uh, you know we we have the full complement to deal from everything from Armageddon to Jaywalkers. Right. That's right. We got it all. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I mean, I, I used to do some stuff with Sheriff Leon down in uh, yeah. Richland County. Yeah, a lot. And I mean, you know, I hope you you guys don't have any M one one threes, do you? Not because yeah. we called those coffins in the military. Yeah. No. Didn't we, Bill? Yeah. He knows. So what do you guys have? What kind of armor? You got MRAPs? We uh, a version of that, yeah. uh, and it's uh, uh, I think it's made by Linko. 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 Mm -hmm. 
And um, so we have the bear, and then you got a bear cat. They call it a little smaller version. Right. And we use each other's equipment for various things when a SWAT call or something like that happens. But uh, but it's similar. It's similar to an MRAP. Not quite as tall. Doesn't quite tear people's yards up like the MRAP does, but it's similar. Are your officers looking out for each other? Do they see each other when somebody gets into some sort of a, uh, you know, if he has to shoot somebody or if he comes up on a really bad car wreck or something like that, you know, you, you see the – everyday carnage of everyday life to, to your guys sort of circle around do you are, are you guys made aware of that when that happens yeah oh yeah we we know immediately uh you know and that's another way that the upstate warrior solution is tied into this they just offered training to uh for peer support canceling and so they had a, about 35 people in here first responders fire ems and police uh in here uh, sheriff's deputies and so they they go through this training and they know how to uh, to talk and, and, and have that conversation with people that are going through something. Right. A lot of them themselves have been through incidents that, you know, cause crisis. So it's, it's teaching them what to look for, how to speak to uh, that person, and, and recognize if they need further further help than just the peer counseling. I know on the text line, somebody was, I, I'll often get like, hey, how come you don't talk about what's happening locally in crime? And then I'll go looking for what's happening locally in crime. There's not a whole lot happening. You guys sort of have it folded up. So I... I totally appreciate that part. Well, it seems like it does, Sheriff. You know, anyway. Listen, <laughs> on the surface, <laughs> I want to have you, you guys. Don't be a stranger with me because yeah, I, I support you guys as high as far as I can take it. Uh, Chief Howie Thompson, Sheriff Hobart Lewis, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having I appreciate us. Appreciate it. Coming up next, I have a young lady named Kelly Stevens, and she specializes in putting people in a house. If they didn't even know that they could have a house, all courtesy of Upstate Warrior Solutions. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You can find the podcast on the free Odyssey app. I'm joined now by Kelly Stevens. She is, uh, let's see, she's with Veterans United Home Loans. You are the branch manager. Um, when a veteran comes out, and sometimes these are young fellows, right? But they, how, how long does a veteran, how long does a person have to serve in the military to be vested in the VA system, do you know? So if you are currently active, you have to have 90 consecutive days served to qualify. Um, if you are a veteran or have prior service, then right. it depends on the time that you served. So somebody, even before they get out of training, oh yeah, it qualifies to get a loan. So for a lot of these, and you probably deal with really young people and really old people and people in the middle, how many people come to you that don't even have any idea what they're doing? Um, most people we talk to are first-time homebuyers, so, and that's part of what I love about my job is yeah. I get to educate. Um, so not only are we a full-service lender, but we spend time educating the veteran and the real estate community on what the VA loan is and how uh, veterans can use it. I, I don't know if – you probably know this. You probably know this. I, I bet the LT knows this. When you, when you are exiting, when, they, when, you're, when, they, when you're doing something called the ETS, the uh, termination end of, to- of – end of, end of total service. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not sitting you down and saying, this is what you get. 
they're just they, they they take you around everybody has a briefcase you're doing the briefcase drag you get everything checked off and make sure you don't owe this guy money and you don't owe that guy money when you finally ets you're out and you're a civilian mm-hmm. step off the post boom out you go yes, nobody sir. ever sits you down and gives you any briefings or anything how many people come to you and have no idea that this exists um most people that we talk to yeah. don't don't realize it so the first thing that we do is talk about their time served right. um we go to the VA website, it's web LGY, it's lenders access, and we pull a copy of their certificate of eligibility. Right. Um, and that's done from the first moment that we, we have a conversation with the veteran. Um, so we pull their certificate of eligibility and um, nine times out of 10, we can pull it up real quick. Um, and oftentimes we do have to get uh, military records, a copy of DD-214 right. or NGB Form 22. Right. Um, but immediately, as soon as we see that they're eligible, we walk them through the whole process. That's the important part, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. if you if you get out there and you hand them a, a, a form, uh, I'm I'm not a big form guy. I don't like forms at all. They've got a guy here that Serge. I call him Serge because I saw. I've already made this joke one time this hour. I shouldn't be doing it again. I saw Beverly Hills Cop when it was new. Was that before your time? A little bit, a few years. Yeah, but you you know who Eddie Murphy is, right? Oh yeah. Okay, because there's some people out there that don't know who Eddie Murphy is. Which, <laughs> Uh, this makes me this makes me cringe for the the human race. But in any event, Serge gets out there and he will take the forms and just just obliterate this. Is this what you have to do? Do you have to get the forms and the applications and all of this and take we them through? We do that. It? Yeah, yeah. So forms are scary. Um, yeah. We have we have I've been doing this with Veterans United Home Loans for 18 years now. Right. Um, so we have streamlined it and essentially fast track it for the veteran. Um, so all the forms that you do, A, it's it's done online now. Everything can be done electronically. Right. Um, but we do that for the veteran. So we will put in front of you, if we're meeting face-to-face, um, a lot of the work can be done um, electronically, but we do a lot of that work. Um, we will walk them through each step. Um, they don't know what's next, inspections, appraisals. Um, do they need a termite inspection? What's needed on the appraisal? Right. We will walk them through each step along the way, up and through closing and even through post-closing. If they have issues with moving, move, moving trucks, et cetera, we have this this. So whole, you're sort of counseling them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if they come to you and they're, they're like, I want to buy this house, and then you you send your people out, and you're like, this thing is barely on its own. It's barely standing up. Do yeah. you sort of point to them and say, Go look at another house. We do. And, you know, there's there's a common misconception with the VA loan that the, the homes are hard to finance with the VA, and that's right. not necessarily true. So the things that we're looking for with VA are safe, sound, sanitary. We want the home to be fiscally and structurally sound. Right. We want it to be a good investment for the veteran. Right. Um, we know that financial that homeownership helps with your financial independence. Um, so using the benefit um, to purchase a home and making sure that it is a financial good financial decision, right. that's what we're here for. Um, the VA will send an appraiser out to appraise the property. Um, as long as it meets those safe, sound, sanitary requirements, um, then we're yeah, we can we can proceed, but definitely having multiple conversations with the veteran along the way uh, to be sure that it is a good investment. Have you ever, have you ever had an incident where you had to go? I can't do it. Do you, multiple, do you? multiple. Yeah. Yep, and and you know what? Um, Eighteen years in, um, it always works out the way it should. Absolutely. So you just plow right. Keep through it positive. That. Absolutely. You just plow right through that. Yes, sir. That's impressive. Yeah, I'll be talking to you later on, Kelly. Leave your business card with me. I may want to do some business later on. You got it. We're going to do this all over again because I still got I've, I've got this beautiful enclave here at the Upstate Warrior Solutions, and we're going to have lunch at noon, catered by Ingalls. And uh, hey, the more to come.
This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.